to Glory to Glory, the radio teaching ministry of the Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. Join us now in our study as we open the Word together. And if you can please turn with me to Matthew 21, verse 1. The title of our message this morning is Hosanna, which means save now. I read a story about a young boy that was sick on Palm Sunday, and his, so his mother stayed home with him, and the father had to go to church by himself. And when his father returned from church, he was holding a, a bunch of uh, palm branches in his hand. And the little boy was very curious, and he asked his dad, he says, Dad, you know, why do you have all those palm branches? So the father explained, he says, you see, when Jesus came into town, everyone waved palm branches to honor him as king. And so that's why I have him here with me. And the little boy replied, he says, oh, man, the one Sunday I miss and Jesus finally shows up. (laughs) Good thing Jesus always shows up in the midst of us on Sunday, amen? Today is typically known as Palm Sunday to many Um, The reason why they call it Palm Sunday is because when Jesus rode in on a donkey to make his triumphal entry, to present himself as kings, the the people took palm branches and branches off the trees and they, they laid them down on the ground before him and behind him. They also took off their outer garments and they laid them down on the ground, honoring him as the Messiah, recognizing him as the king, wanting him to become king over them and rule over them. And that's the story that we're going to look at here this morning. So if you can, again, Matthew 21, verse 1, as we look at this wonderful story of the triumphant entry of Jesus Christ when they cried out, Hosanna. Verse 1, it says, Now when they drew near Jerusalem and came to Bethpage at the Mount of Olives, when Jesus, it says, Then Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, Go into the village opposite you, and immediately you will find a donkey tied And a colt with her, loose them and bring them to me. And if anyone says anything to you, you shall say, the Lord has need of them. And immediately he will send them. All this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophet saying, tell the daughter of Zion, behold, your king is coming to you, lowly and sitting on a donkey, a colt, the fowl of a donkey. So the disciples went and did as Jesus commanded them. They brought the donkey and the colt laid their clothes on them and set him, Jesus, on them. And a very great multitude spread their clothes on the road. Others cut down branches from the trees and spread them on the road. Then the multitude who went before and those who followed cried out saying, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. And when he, Jesus, had come into Jerusalem, all the city was moved saying, who is this? And the multitude said, this is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth of Galilee. What a story. I don't know about you, but I, I never get tired of hearing you know, the stories of Jesus and what Jesus did. And just, a, again, a reminder that you know, Jesus was there on the Mount of Olives. There, if, you're, if you ever go to Jerusalem, the Mount of Olives are east of the Temple Mount. And it's a, a mountain range that overlooks the Temple Mount. And, and down below uh, the Mount of Olives is the Kidron Valley. And it's just a beautiful place to go to. We've been there a few times with the church. But Jesus sends the two disciples and, uh, to get a donkey, and actually a colt and a donkey, a young donkey and, and the mother. And 
We don't know which two. It doesn't say which disciples, so we don't know which two. But it, but it says back in verse 3, if you can look there with me. It says, and if anyone says anything to you, you shall say, the Lord has need of them, and immediately he will send them. When I look at this story, I, I think about how it shows us that Jesus is in total control, and he knows everything. You know, there's uh, something, you know, a character of Jesus that, you know, he's, he knows everything. He, there's nothing that he can learn. He knows all things. And so he knows the donkey's there. He knows that the man is going to say, you know, the owner in another text, it tells us another gospel account. The owner says, well, you know, what do you do? Why are you loosening the donkey? And they're going to say, the Lord has need of him. And he's like, oh, okay. And so Jesus knows everything and he's in control. And I, I believe it's so important as believers that we allow the Lord to totally take control and I put it up on the screen. It's so important as believers that we continually allow the Lord to be in control of our lives. I'll read it again. It is so important as believers that we continually allow the Lord to be in control of our lives. He's in control of the situation, and he wants to be in control of our lives. And I believe sometimes there's a struggle. We want to take control. We want to rule. We want to make our own choices. We want to, you know, tell God what to do. But that's not the picture it's supposed to be with us. But I I find myself sometimes, I'm fighting with God. Or I'm saying, I want it this way. And it's like, sometimes I I feel that I've heard from God. And I'm like, so now, because I heard, I'm going to do it this way. I'm going to do it this way. And God's like, like the donkey, pulling me, no, back. Yes, I opened the door, but the timing's not right yet. Just be still. Know that I'm God. Realize that my timing is perfect in everything I do. And there's a restful place in the Lord that that God wants us to stay in where we just trust him and we realize, wait a second, if God's in control, he's going to take care of it. If God's in control, he's going to handle it. If God's in control, it's going to work out the way he wants it to work out. And most of the time, it's not the way that I think it's going to work out. But it's the best way. I think a picture that it should be like with us, it should be more like that picture. Submitting to the Lord, submitting to his lordship, going to the cross and saying, okay, Lord, I don't fully understand this, but I submit it to you. I don't fully understand what you're doing in my life, but I trust you're in control. I trust you know what you're doing. I love this story of Abraham Lincoln, and I'm sure many of you heard this, where he had a prayer breakfast with a bunch of different ministers, and as they were there, one of the ministers said, President, let's pray that God is on our side. And Lincoln responded, no, gentlemen, let's pray that we are on God's side. And I believe that's how it's like, sometimes we pray that way. God, we, this is my goal, this is my plan, this is what I want to do, and, and I want you to put your stamp of approval on it. Instead of saying, God, I want to be on your side, what do you want? God, if you want to take this away from me, Take it away. If you want to do a different thing, Lord, do a different thing. I believe I wrote in my notes here, uh, many times the greatest enemy is the one we see in the mirror. It's us. We can get in the way. A great verse, if you're a note taker, Proverbs 19, 21. There are many plans in a man's heart. Nevertheless, the Lord's counsel, that will stand. There are many plans. I I know in my own life, I I have many plans. I I come up with many different things. I have different, you know, uh, 
things that I want to see accomplished, but I have to submit it to the Lord and realize, wait a second, the Lord's counsel, that'll stand. When we receive counsel from the Lord, that'll stand. And, and we see in this picture, again, Jesus is in total control of this whole situation, and the disciples submit to that. They go. They do as he said. They went and did. Did you notice that in verse 16? The disciples went and did. I circled that in my Bible. They went and did. They went and did. In verse 6, they, they did what Jesus said. They, they, they went and they did exactly what they were supposed to do. They submitted to him. Another great verse that goes with it. I love this verse. Philippians 1.6. It's one we quote a lot, but I love the meaning of this. Being confident of this very thing, that he who began a good work, he is Jesus, the Lord, who began a good work in you, will, can we say that together? Complete it. He'll complete it. To be confident in the, the fact that when, when God does a work, when, when you become born again and you're a, a, a believer in Jesus Christ, you give your life, to have that confidence and realizing that if he began a good work, he's going to complete the work that he began in us. So being confident, and I, and I believe sometimes we, we're not so confident, at least in my own life, I'm not so confident that he's going to complete things, and sometimes I feel that I've got to take over, and I've got to make it work, but there's a confidence in stepping back, and there's times that I need to, I don't know about you, sometimes I need to just step back and say, okay, Lord, I'm confident you're going to complete this, because you began a good work, you're going to bring it to completion until the day of Jesus Christ, so a wonderful uh, Verse that goes with this, Philippians 1, 6. If you don't know that verse, I would suggest that you write it down and maybe even commit it to memory because it's a powerful verse. Before we go too far, I believe many Christians, they, they trust the Lord for the, their eternal destiny. They believe they're going to heaven. They, they believe you know, their sins are forgiven, so they, they believe in their eternal destiny. But I, I believe that many Christians find it difficult to trust the Lord concerning their everyday life. They, you, you trust the Lord for your eternity. You trust you're going to go to heaven when you die. You trust that Jesus Christ paid the price. But, but how often do we, we're not trusting him for our everyday life? Trusting that he's in control. Trusting that he knows what he's doing. It's a very great quote. I'm sure a lot of, a lot of you know it if you haven't heard it before. Hudson Taylor, he was a, a British missionary to China. He said, God's work done in God's way will never lack God's supply. God's work done in God's way will never lack God's supply. And I can say amen to that because in my own life, I find that to be true. When God starts a work and he, you do it the way he wants you to do it, he'll always supply for it. He'll always take care of us. We need to trust him. Another quote, I don't know who, did, who wrote this, but if it's God's will, then it's God's bill. If God's will... And it's a cute little saying, but it's true. If it's God's will, if God's called you to do something, if God's called you to, to be wherever he's called you to be, to do it, he's going to take care of you. I don't know how often with the church things will happen and this will happen. And sometimes my wife and I, well, what are we going to do? How is this going to work out? And it's like, we have to keep going back. And it was Ch Pastor Chuck Smith, I heard say it first. You know, God told you know, Pastor Chuck, it's my church. And so often, I know, you know, yeah, I'm the, the pastor of the church, but a lot of times, you know, I have to remind my wife and remind myself, honey, guess what? It's God's church. He's going to handle it. We're going to just do our best. That's all we can do. And just commit the rest to him to realize if it's his bill, if it's his will, it's his bill. If, it's, if he's going to take care of everything, he always does. And he does that in all of our lives. Look back in verse 
three again if you can. Back in our text. And if anyone says anything to you, you shall say, the Lord has need of them. Talking about the donkey and the colt, the Lord has need of them. We know that the Lord had need of the, the, the colt because it was prophesied in Zechariah 9.9 that that's how Jesus would present himself. Zechariah 9.9 says that he would present himself on a colt, not on a horse, not on a camel, but on a colt. And, and so the Lord had need of him. He, you know, he had need of the donkey. He had need of the colt. He, he had need of them. And, and as we think of that, I, I love every, you know, every time I look at that, it's like the Lord has need of you. You know, God can do this work without us, but guess what? He has need of us. He, he wants to use us. He, the Lord has need of all of us that are here. We all have gifts and talents, and God has need of you. I believe the church lacks so often when, when people aren't using their gifts and talents. And then the problem is the Lord has need of you because we need to be ministered to. We need your gift. And we can have all these great gifts, but, but you have a specific gift for the kingdom of God that, that God needs in the church, and God wants to use that sp- specific gift that you have to minister to the saints. So if you just check in and check out, you just sit here, you know, go to a Sunday service, go home and say, well, yep, let's wait till next Sunday. Well, the Lord has need of you. The church has need of you. The body has need of you. The, the, the body of Christ has need of your gifts and your talents, your encouragement and the different gifts that you have. I was walking up here, you know, Barry's greeting people this morning. I'm like, the Lord has need of them. God's given him, you know, that personality to reach out and we, he's like, hey, and he's just smiling and happy and that's a gift of encouragement and the Lord has need of that. I think of the young man that uh, Chris McDonald and his father, Craig, a little over a year ago, he came here for the first time. He said the first service he came, after the service, he prayed to receive Christ into his heart to become born of God's Holy Spirit. And ever since then, him and his father are probably the biggest promoters for our Christmas and Easter play than anybody in this whole church. They're constantly emailing us. You know, we went here, we went here, we went here. And there's this list of all these places. They put posters and flyers. And we met this person, we met this person, we talked to this person, we talked to this person. And I mean, they... They can put posters up where we can never put posters up. Let me just say that. I mentioned it last year, but even the post office. We've tried for years to put our, our posters up in the post office. They always say, well, you got to see so-and-so and so-and-so and call this person and call that person and this and that and this and that. And you're like, okay, where? And then you call them up. and No, then they say, well, they can't help us and they can and this is for this and this. And they give us the runaround. This happened for years. They, ever, ever since they've been here, we've got posters up in the, 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 the post office. They have favor. And I think of that story because I think of the Lord has need of them. And it's a specific thing. They've been in the community so long. Everybody knows them. Everybody, they, they had, they're connected with so many different people where we can't make the connection that they've already had for years. The Lord has need of us. I think of those that serve here, this church, the children's ministry. The Lord has need of you. The worship team. The Lord has need of you guys. Those that put up the words on the screen. The Lord has need of them. Although the spelling's wrong every once in a while, but the still, the Lord has need of you guys. <laughs> just a little exhortation from the pulpit. Just a little exhortation. Spell check would be nice. Ushering, the Lord has need of you. Those that help out in the Easter play, in the Christmas play. I'm always baffled by how many people God uses in those plays. I don't know, 50-some people in the Easter play? 55 people in the Easter play? The Lord has need of every one of them. Folks, God can do this all on his own. He could send angels, but guess what? He, he desires to use us. And if he can use a donkey, I'm just saying. 
If he can use a donkey, he can use you. Great verse that goes with this, Hebrews 6.10. For God is not unjust to forget your work and labor of love, which you have shown towards his name, in that you have ministered to the saints and do minister. Do you notice that you have ministered and it's current. You, you do continue to minister to the saints. And it says the Lord does not forget it. In other words, the Lord is taking note what you're doing. He's well pleased when you're ministering to his kids. Remember when the apostle Peter was out fishing and he was supposed to be ministering and Jesus met with them and he said, feed my sheep, tend my lambs. I have need of you. Go back in service. Get back in service. Get back. He recommissioned him back in service. The Lord has need of us. I just want to with this, Hebrews 6.10 is the verse we use for labor of love. Do you notice that? Your labor of love for our beach outreach that we do. I'm going to ask that those of you that want to help out, to, because it's Hebrews 6.10, I'm going to ask that at 6 o'clock, 6.10 in the morning or 6.10 at night or both, will you pray for the labor of love, even though it's not until Labor Day, Labor Day weekend? So those of you that are they're called to pray. I'm going to ask for you prayer warriors that are in this sanctuary, those that you know, can lift this up in prayer at 610 because of Hebrews 610. At 610 in the morning, 610 at night, both or one or the other, can you please pray for the labor of love? Because it's a huge, huge outreach. And it reaches out there on the beach at Bolsa Chica State Beach and many hear the gospel. We have teams that go out and, and share the gospel out on the streets and out on the beach and, and lives have been transformed, lives have been changed, but it's a, it's a big ministry. So just with this, I thought I'd plug, uh, it's, it's sep- September 3rd, so mark your calendars, but please, the Lord has need of you. The Lord has need of maybe there's something in your life he wants to take away that's hindering you with your walk with the Lord. The Lord has need of that. He wants to take that from you. Whatever it is that's hindering you in your walk with the Lord, the Lord has need of it. He wants to take that away. Let him take that away from you. Let's go back. Let's look at verse 6. So the disciples went and did as Jesus commanded them. I don't know. Those two words just kept standing out when I was reading this. Just speaking of their obedience and the importance of our obedience, they went and did as Jesus commanded them. They brought the donkey and the colt and tied their clothes on them and set him on them. So you get the picture. They did as they were told, and they set Jesus on the colt so he can present himself as the Messiah. Then verse 8, And a very great multitude spread their clothes on the road. Others cut down branches from the trees and spread them on the road. Laying clothes down on the ground and branches down on the ground was symbolic saying, all that I have is yours, Lord. You're the king, and I submit everything to you. Their, their outer garments, uh, for mo- most of them, they were poor, and they, they couldn't, that's all, the, the only outer garment they had. So it was like saying, I give you everything. I give you everything that I have. I, I lay it at your feet. All that I have is yours. I acknowledge you're the king, and I give it all to you. I believe that's so important as believers to have that heart. The heart that says, all that I am, Lord, All that I have belongs to you. A total submit, submit, totally submitting yourself. And there might be someone here today that you need to take the outer garments of your plans and your agendas. You need to submit them to the Lord. 
your plans of what you think you want when it's not God's will, to lay it down at his feet, to give it over to the Lord, submit it to him. I'll tell you, there's situations in my life, even today, the Lord, you know, it starts directing me and then I, going forward and the Lord says, be still now. I'm like, Lord, wait, I know it's an open door. I'm going forward. I'm, this is it. We're going to go to you and me, God. This is it. I mean, I see the door open and it's like, this is, and just charging forward and all of a sudden the Lord just says, stop, wait. And I'll tell you what, it's not too comfortable. Once the door's open, I want to run. And again, he, he speaks to my heart. He says, be still, know that I'm God, know that I'm on the throne, know that I'm in control, submit it to me. And I have to tell you, there, there's such a peace that comes when I do this personally, when I take what it is, when I feel that, God, this is so great, this is beyond anything I could imagine. I thought that, you know, this was totally you, and I thought this was going to happen. But then, Lord, at this point, I don't know because I don't know the next step, and I submit it to you. And I would suggest if you're going through anything like that, to be still and know that he's God. Be still and know that he's God. Be still and know that he's God. Don't try to make the next step. Wait on the Lord. I love the verse in Isaiah the prophet said, those that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not grow weary. They shall walk and not faint. Those that wait on the Lord. I don't know about you guys, but I don't like waiting. That's probably one of the most difficult things for me is waiting. But those that wait on the Lord, God renews your strength. Wait on him. Wait until he gives you the next step. Don't try to to make the next step happen. Wait on the Lord. Trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. Next verse. Then the multitude who went before and those who followed cried out, saying, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Can, can you picture this? They say there's, there was like probably two million Jews there, two and a half million uh, Jewish people there at the time, Jewish men at the time because of the Passover. And just, so get this, this was a huge celebration. They're crying out, they're, they're bowing, they're, they're, they're yelling out, Hosanna, Hosanna, son of David, save now. And it's just a huge celebration taking place. As I mentioned, Hosanna means save now. Now, please get the picture. Most of you know this, but the picture is the people are excited because the Roman government is ruling over them. They're oppressed and they're taxed and, they're, and, they, and they, they want the Roman government to be gone. They believe Jesus is going to be king. The Roman government's going to be overthrown. And they're, they're like, Messiah, king, you're going to take over. You're going to be the king of everything. And they're just they're all excited saying, Hosanna. But when Jesus did take the throne, a lot of these in this group said, away with him, crucify him. They turned. Again, they believed he was going to be the conquering king, but he came to save them from their sin and to save them from hell and destruction. And that's not what they were wanting. I find it fascinating. You know, the, the, the Jewish people, they were, they were looking at just the, the second coming verses, that he's going to come and rule. We know when Jesus Christ comes, just so when a king comes riding on a donkey, it's a time of peace. When he comes on a horse, it's a, it's a time for war. And Jesus is going to come back as the conquering king. But that's the second coming. But the Jewish people, they were so focused on his second coming. All the verses of conquering and king, and he's going to rule, he's going to take over, and he's going to you know, set up his kingdom. And that's all they were looking at. They missed the first coming. He's going to come and die for their sins. Hi, this is Pastor Joe, and I'd like to invite you, the K-Wave audience, to our third annual Easter drama play, Tragedy and Triumph. It's a free event, and we would love if you can come and join us. 
We have four performances beginning on Tuesday, March 22nd at 7 p.m., Thursday the 24th at 7 p.m., and Friday the 25th at 7 p.m. We also have an Easter performance on Easter Sunday at 12 noon. So we look forward to seeing you out here and may God bless you as you rejoice this Easter season. God bless. have been listening to Glory to Glory with Pastor Joe Pettick, an outreach of Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. If you would like to enter into a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, call now at 714-788-8221. That's 714-788-8221. We'd like to extend an invitation to visit us here at Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. Our address is 16450 Pacific Coast Highway in Huntington Beach, California, 92649. We're located in Peter's Landing Marina in Huntington Harbor. Our Sunday service times are 10 a.m. and 12 o'clock noon. Our Tuesday evening Bible study begins at 7 p.m. Now, may we continue to go to His throne of mercy as He changes us from glory to glory.